0: Welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Welcome back to the Richer Geek Podcast. This is Mike. And on episode 71, we shared how I'll be transitioning to hosting the podcast. Many times, episodes are recorded several months in advance. So during this transition, sometimes you'll hear hybrid episodes. This is one of those, and we hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Richer Geek podcast. Today's episode is about the concept of hey, if you want a vacation home or you want a specific type of car or anything else that you are really looking to to aspire to have but you don't think that you can afford it, what is a way that you can actually have it? And today's guest went out and did that with his Tesla. Now, the little backstory is that I had to call an Uber to take me. My car was in the shop and I needed to uh, go and pick it up. So I called an Uber and I just chose UberX, which is like supposed to be, you know, like it would be a Toyota Prius or something not that fancy. And I saw that the car I was assigned was uh, a Tesla. So I had never been in a Tesla. So I was kind of excited. And when the driver came, I I got into the car and I started asking questions about the car. And it became so clear that the driver was absolutely passionate about his Tesla and i found out it was an older tesla it had 200,000 miles on it at the time he told me how he drove it cross country he just went he went into all of this detail of all these things that he did with his tesla and so i just i could hear the passion as i mentioned and so he ended up giving me a business card which i then found out that he basically had this Tesla, which he also rented on Toro, and he also leveraged for Uber for uh, being a driver, and he had a vacation rental property up in the Flagstaff area, and uh, so I thought, you know, he would be so interesting to have on the show, so I had to track him down, actually, because all he had was like a website, tracked him down through Twitter, and was able to get him on the show. So the other thing I think is super interesting is, you know, we've since we recorded this and that, that was back in uh, Late 2019 when we recorded it. We're now in the middle of a pandemic. And what is interesting is on his website where he gives a ton of advice about how you can afford a Tesla, how you can rent it out on the, the sharing site Turo. Uh, he does all the calculations. He talks about all of the detail. In any case, um, he's updated that with his Tesla now is 300,000 miles. And I see he's got an updated article from July 28th. So you should definitely check that out. So today's guest is Steve Sassman. He says in his bio he always loved tech, and the more he read about Tesla, he became obsessed with them, which is I can attest to that. And he had to get creative to find how he could afford one, which led him down this path and adventure where he's used PR, marketing, and the sharing economy to own his Tesla. Steve, welcome to the show.
2: Welcome. Thanks so much, Nicole. Appreciate it.
1: Let's jump in, if you can share a little bit about your background.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I've always been into kind of high tech stuff. I was, you know, in the cell phone industry back when those were just rolling out. So I have always kind of liked the futuristic type of things. And so when I finally saw uh, Tesla come onto the scene, I was uh, just blown away. And the more I researched it, the more I realized oh my God, I have got to get one of these things somehow, some way. And uh, of course, at the time, they were very expensive. I mean, they were, you know, 80000 plus for a new one. They didn't have the new cheaper $35,000 ones that they do now. So I had to figure out something creative. I had to figure out a way to be able to own one and to uh, to experience it. So, you know, that's kind of how I came up with you know, using some of the new kind of sharing economy ideas to to make it happen.
1: I love something about what you said, which is you had to think of creatively, how could I have a Tesla? And the reason I want to bring that up is it's it's a very similar concept that, that is talked about in, for example, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. How can I own this house or this vacation property? Or if you figure out a way to turn it into an asset, which is essentially what you did
2: exactly i mean that's the thing you know a lot of people are scared to do anything out of the out of the ordinary or different but i don't know i just look at it like look it's a piece of metal it's not you know it's not my baby that i can't you know someone i hear so many people like oh i can't let anyone touch it or drive it i'm like okay fine if you want to waste a lot of money then that's fine but i look at it as an asset something to maximize the utilization of rather than trying to protect it and it's just a much more profitable way to do it and I mean my god I've had so much fun with this car you know the last five six years that you know I definitely would not do it any other way.
1: Tell us a little bit about then that analysis that you went through to figure out how your Tesla could become an asset.
2: Sure. Well, yeah. So I was looking at, you know, the things that were available at the time, which were, uh, you know, Uber and then Lyft were just kind of coming on the scene. And I figured obviously that was one way to do it. Another one was, uh, called relay rides, which then turned into Turo, which is kind of known as the Airbnb of cars. It's just a way for people to rent their car out, uh, for others. And, um, And, you know, my real job is I do vacation rentals. And so I've been in that space for quite a while. So for me, you know, handing the keys over to an expensive asset is nothing new or strange. And it was just, you know, it just made sense. Um, So, yeah, that's how I kind of, you know, figured out. And then, you know, I just did a bunch of net back of the napkin calculations and figured out, yeah, let's, uh, let's give this thing a shot. You know, let's do it.
1: So basically, did you say, okay, if I could rent this out on Toro two days a week, and I, I assume you have a way to compare what were other people renting their Tesla out for so you could see like market rents, so to speak?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, back then there wasn't a whole lot of data just because there weren't that many people, you know, that had Teslas that were doing it. And, you know, Toro was very new at the time, but there was enough to see that, okay, we can make this work. And I knew, you know, I'm I'm in Scottsdale, Phoenix, Arizona, so I knew that there was, it's a big enough place where it would work. You know, if you're in a small town of 50,000, probably wouldn't work, right? But if you're in a big, major metropolitan area where there's lots of people interested in the same type of car, then you can certainly make it happen.
1: Got it. Now, what, when you use a platform like Toro, uh, and it sounds like that was the only platform like that of it, like the Airbnb of cars was, that was the only platform available at the time.
2: Yeah, pretty much. And really it still is in, in this market. There are, there's another uh, platform called get around, but they're only in limited markets. Um, They're not here. Um, You know, they are in, I think, you know, San Francisco and, you know, a few other markets around the world, but but uh, Turo is the, is the biggest one, um, and they have the most you know, inventory and whatnot. So that's kind of the one most people are familiar with.
1: Okay, now how do you handle the logistics? If someone says they want to rent your car, do they come to your house, or what do you do?
2: Sure, yeah, it can go either way, right? Most people come and pick it up, which is easier for me, or I charge a, a delivery fee if someone wants me to deliver the car to them. Or, you know, this probably the second most popular one though, besides the delivery to a, someone's house would be an airport pickup. So we can do that even though we can't do the exchange at the airport, I can still pick them up and then we can do the exchange off airport property. And there's a delivery fee for that as well. Um, But yeah, you can do it either way when it, and that's one of the things that makes it kind of more unique and easier for the client is just that flexibility of however they want to do it.
1: Does Toro have a rating system like Airbnb so you can see, is this a crazy driver? Or who?
2: Yes, yes, they do. And it helps. I mean, it, you know, for example, uh, actually just about a week ago, I turned down a potential booking because I looked at this guy's ratings and uh, he had a one-star review for, um, you know, smoking in the car, returning it late, so on and so forth. So I just said, you know what, uh, I'm not going to deal with that. So I turned it down. Oh, and I even said in the, I even said sorry, prior bad review, so no can do.
1: Now, how does how how do things like insurance work when you're renting your car out on Turo?
2: Well, you know that's part of what Turo, uh, their fee um, takes care of part of that, and there's it's kind of complicated. I mean, there's 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 additional insurance. They can they'll try to get you to buy. But then also it's, you know, the renter's own insurance can cover part of it too. So like I said, it's kind of complex, but, um, you know, if someone's really interested, I highly recommend, you know, looking at the Turo Terms of Service um, to really understand all the implications uh, regarding those details.
1: Okay. I was wondering if your insurance went up, but it sounds like you just have this option. It's kind of built into the platform itself.
2: Well, I do actually have a, I do have a specific insurance company that is okay with Turo because a lot of them, uh, if they do find out that you are doing Turo, they will drop you. So it's not. And the other option is full commercial, but that's a lot more expensive, of course. Um, But if you're you know, if it's something you're going to do seriously with a lot of cars, like I have friends here in Phoenix who have 30, 40 cars, you know, you may want to consider, you're basically a car rental agency at that point. For me, you know, I just have two or three Teslas, and it's just a little side thing for me, and I try to keep it simple, Um, but you still want to make sure you're doing everything correctly so that you don't end up getting screwed somehow.
1: And what happens if the person that is driving your car gets a ticket, like they have a speeding ticket, a parking ticket, you know, we have a lot of the, cam- the cameras around here sure. and they're going to catch the license plate and they're going to think yep. it's you. How does that work?
2: Yeah. You get reimbursed for all that. You just have to submit it and then um, and that's part of, you know, what Turo does for their fee that they're taking.
1: Do you have to, but it's not you. So The state or for driving like you have to take the driving license and basically Uh very like if you got a speeding ticket which i'm not saying that i know anyone who has but let's just (laughs) say you had a camera speeding ticket and you had to take the online driving course right to avoid yeah do do you have how does that work
2: well you can basically submit the information that a this renter had the car for the time period when the ticket happened as well as you know show the photo and hey this isn't clearly isn't me so on and so forth so it's it would be a little bit of a pain time wise but yeah at the end of the day the the, the owner is not going to have to pay for it
1: okay yeah N- now what's been the overall great thing for you obviously you got you were able to get a tesla and you were able to have it paid for and you have more teslas now so tell us a little bit about where this has gone for you
2: sure well yeah i ended up getting a couple more teslas um in on top of the original one uh, that i had so uh, that one i ended up selling though when i got to two hundred and fourteen thousand miles and um and actually all of the details, all the numbers on that are on my 200,000 mile article, which I can give you the link to that if you'd like. Um, so people can read, read up on those numbers. But, um, but yeah, so that, uh, that, uh, what was the question?
1: <laughs> I was asking what it led to. Oh, okay. You basically grew a business out of it.
2: Yeah. More of a side business. I mean, you know, really at the end of the day, it's kind of just paying for the cars. Now, like I said, some of those guys that I know that have, you know, 30, 40 cars, they're, they're making a legitimate, you know, real income producing business out of it, which is, I just, for me, it's a way to afford some nice expensive cars. Um, You know, it kind of pays for the cars and whatnot. It's not like I'm going to, you know, just do Turo with two cars and have no other job. It's just not going to happen, right? There's just, no, there's just not enough income in it for that. But if it can pay for your cars and they're nice cars, then cars that you enjoy, then that's the way to go.
1: I think it's like anything else. You know, you're not going to have two rental houses and that's going to be it. Or even uh-huh. when you talked about short-term rentals, you when you, get, when you have several of those, obviously now you have a, a business, but one or two might be a little bit tough.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You just have to scale it, you know, in a, in a pretty big way for that to work. And really, I think too, you know, for the people that are doing it, you know, purely for income, you're probably going to look more at the lower end of cars, cars that you can buy for 4,000 and rent them out for, you know, 30 or $40 a day and have, you know, 20, 40, 50 of them or more. Um, that's how you're really, cause you, 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 with, with the more expensive cars, you're, you're, you're dealing with, you know, massive depreciation and things like that. So it just makes the numbers a lot harder to, to work in terms of a money-making operation.
1: So interesting. I, I'd never thought about scaling and having a bunch of, you know, having a bunch. I just thought yeah. of Turo as like a, like you said, kind of like a side type of thing and a way to turn, uh, you know, something that normally wouldn't be an asset into an income producing asset.
2: Absolutely. And there are ways to, to automate it as well. Like for, for example, for me and my cars, you know, they're expensive cars. I like to actually meet with each person, go over the car and whatnot, you know, beforehand. So it's a little bit more time intensive on my end to do that. But, you know, I think that's a better, uh, better customer service plus, you know I know who's getting in the car and I know what's going on a little bit more you know the people that have you know 50 cars most of their interactions they're setting it up everything so it's automatic so they're not even meeting the customer the customers picking up the car from a lot entering it uh, remotely and taking the car and then returning it remotely and they never even see or meet the customer so that allows people to uh, to do it and have a much more hands-off approach and be, be able to handle a lot more volume that way as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's a good point too because of the value of the car that that you have. I could see too, you know, you just don't want to turn it over to anyone and you do want to look them in the eye. Makes sense. Exactly.
2: And I think that makes them a little bit more uh, where they want to you know, they've met you. They know you. It's, you're not just some, some guy, that on the, or ga, guy or gal on the internet that they've never met. So they're, they're going to feel a little bit more inclined to take care of the, of the vehicle.
1: So tell us, have there been any bad experiences? Obviously, you turned down that one gentleman that had uh, smoking and a bad review. Uh, have you personally had any bad experience or any cons that you would want to caution people?
2: Well, I have had, uh, several fender benders, uh, over the, uh, over the years. And, uh, those are never fun just because, you know, even though it doesn't cost me anything financially, it costs me a lot of time. Well, actually I take that back. The cost of the repair doesn't cost me anything. But there is downtime because, you know, at the end of the day, of course, it takes time to get it fixed. And while it's getting fixed, you can't rent it out. So if it's off the shelf for, you know, three weeks or a month or whatever, that's, you know, a month of income I can't get. And, you know, there's no, I don't get any reimbursement for that. So, you know, not to mention just the headache side of it. So, so yeah, there is that downside, but you just have to kind of look at that as, you know, hey, the longer you do it with the more cards that you do, that's going to happen at some point. And you just have to kind of roll that into your business plan and and realize that that's part of the deal.
1: So it's interesting. And I was going to ask about that. So to your point, you shared a few tips and I was going to ask for recommendations for other people looking to do this. What are some tips? One, you talked about insurance. I didn't realize that you'd want to make sure that you have an insurance company that isn't going to drop you. If they find out you're doing Toro, because in that situation you just describe the fender benders, it's all going to come out. So you might as well be uh, figuring that out from the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh, you meet the folks in person if you're talking about a high-value car, automobile. What other tips would you have for people?
2: Um, well, kind of going back to what I said before. I mean, you just you have to treat the vehicle as just an asset and, and not be attached to it. Um, otherwise, you're just gonna be you're gonna be too emotional. <clears throat> it's gonna it's just gonna cause you too much heartache, you know. So, yeah, it's just being like, hey, it's a it's a uh, it's an asset that helps me make money, and you know when things happen, things happen. But um, you know, try and just always you know keep a good positive attitude about it, and you know, I think people have been surprised when they brought back a car that was wrecked and I didn't like freak out on them, you know, and I was very professional and, and whatnot. And I think, you know, I think they appreciate that. And I, you know, the funny thing too, is I've given people that I had one guy that, you know, that got in a wreck, it wasn't his fault, but he, you know, he treated, it. he did everything right. And, you know, I still gave him five stars. And I had, I think I even had, I've I've given other people um, five stars as well. As long as they were up front, they, they, you know, they did everything like they were supposed to, even though they had an accident, but knowing that accidents happen, it's, it's how you handle that accident versus, you know, trying to pretend it didn't happen or trying to, you know, snake your way out of it or something weaselly that, you know, so, yeah. So to me, it's just, it's, you know, being accountable and being professional in how you run it is, is always good.
1: Excellent. How can listeners get in touch with you or learn more?
2: Um, sure. Uh, probably the easiest would be uh, at Steve Sassman on Twitter or on my website, Teslarenner.com.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Yeah, no problem. Thanks,
0: Nicole. Thanks for tuning in to The Richer Geek Podcast, where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.therichergeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button share with others who could benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes i appreciate you and thanks for listening